Welcome in, five fans. This is Ryan McKinnell, and here on today's MMA on Sirius XM podcast, Andreas Hale and myself catch up with UFC welterweight Max Griffin to discuss his win at UFC Vegas 63 and update us on his hand injury and his thoughts on the welterweight division. Plus, we discuss the fifth anniversary of GSP's middleweight title win against Michael Bisping at UFC 217. I'm Ryan. He's Dre. We're unlocking the cage on a Friday and joining us right now to kick off our three fresh off his victory over Tim means on Saturday at the apex here in Vegas. We welcome in the one and only Max Payne Griffin here on a Friday. What's up, Max? Congrats on that dub. Thank you. How you guys doing? Can you see me now? Yes, we got you. We were looking at uh, Max's avatar in between the break as we uh, we got him set up. But now we can see the man live in the fr- in the flesh, I should say, fresh off that victory over Tim. And that, bro, that was a split decision. That was one of those. I think we all knew it wasn't supposed to be a split decision. Even Tim Means, when they were reading the scorecards, he heard it for him, and he was like, "No, no, no, no." Like, what was what was going through your mind when those were getting read? I mean, because you know when they hit you with the twenty nine twenty. 28 Griffin, you know what the next thing is going to be is a third, you know, something for Tim Means. You you had to have been a, your heart jumping a little bit. Yeah, I was like, what? What do you, <laughs> you know, I was to- totally flabbergasted, you know, totally shocked. And interestingly enough, uh, the first thing Tim Means said to me when we did touch in the corner or sorry, in the middle, he yeah. said, you beat 30 27, you know. Yeah. yeah. So wild, wild with these judges. Hey. Wow. <laughs> that is something that uh, you're accustomed to. You've been in this game a very long time. It's definitely something myself and Andreas are used to. I mean, it's just the fight game, and it's that old dumbass cliche, right? Like, don't leave it in the hands of the judges. Luckily, it did work out for you uh, on Saturday. It was a winning fight. It's, uh, what, your, your your fourth or fifth victory in last five fights, and the only other, uh, you know, the only other decision was a split, and that was another close fight. So, again, it feels, and that was to Neil Magny, a man who's fighting tomorrow. It really feels feels like you're kind of like finding your footing and finding your groove in the UFC right now. It's got to feel good. Yeah. You know, we're just working, we're working, we're just, you know, filling gaps, not even holes, just keep, keep building on things that we like doing and it's working out really. We just got to throw more strikes on top. I broke my hand or really messed up my hand really bad in the fight in the first round. Um, You know, no excuses, you know, in there, but uh, I got a lot more to do. Got uh, got a lot more control. I'm looking for a ground and pound finish. My next. Uh, so, next. yeah. So with the hand, what 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 do we have a diagnosis? Have you got uh, stuff back from the doctors? Uh, do we know exactly what it is? So I'm I'm getting a second opinion, but I saw my guys. But I have a ruptured adductor solicis. It's like your fat muscle right here that controls your thumb. This ruptured, and then it. I tore another ligament up here and then my thumb dislocated and it was called sublaxed when it's out. So he kept going. Yeah. So all that. So now we have, (laughs) you know, it's taped up. It's in a temporary cast. I'm going Monday morning um, to see the the guy, the super guy for hands and we'll see what's next. But in the meantime, you know, I'm already, you know, getting back in the gym, getting back in shape. I mean, it's not, no, like I didn't lose shape, but I want to get back out there. You know, I want to get back out there fast, honestly. Uh, yeah, man, Max, Andreas here. So, first of all, I, everything that you said about your hand, I didn't even know those injuries could possibly happen. All that stuff that you said, the fatty meat. <laughs> I, how much did it hurt, honestly? How bad did you when, feel that? 
when I went into the first or corner or in the, in the first round, my first thought in my head was my hands broke, you know? Yeah. And then the, what came out of my mouth was give me some water. So got <laughs> some water, didn't tell my coaches, didn't say nothing, didn't really acknowledge it or believe it. I babied it for sure. But, but then I still threw it. I, I, I was watching the fight and I, you know, I didn't want to throw it. And then there was a certain position that I was in and I fired that shit off, you know, um, which didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get it clear. That did not help my situation. <laughs> just got to do what you got to do. So do you go back and watch your fights like immediately after they happen? Or do you take some time off and then come back and say, okay, I could have done this better by watching the fight. Um, my coaches tell me, you know, what I should do pretty immediately, you know, after but me i i watched it i haven't even watched the whole thing i um i heard they they gave me a lot of love for being the co-main like these little segments and stuff yeah. so i i decided to watch the prelims um and then i fell asleep <laughs> so then, I, so then uh, he's just he's just like the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> today today actually i watched a lot of it um Watch the main card. It shows like like a bunch of snippets, but then I saw um I think the first two rounds round and a half, round and a half. Um, but yeah, I don't watch it straight on. I kind of like that you know let it marinate. But even I mean I've had like 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 bad losses back in the day. It took me a while to watch. It took me like a month to watch the fight, but. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not in such a hurry. I kind of like let, let it marinate, you know, and then watch it from more of like a learning perspective, you know, and what did I do? Because we do a report, too, with my coach, um, Danny Patterson, my mental performance coach. We we do like a like a mission complete kind of, okay. you know, after, after report to kind of see what we could do, takeaways, you know, what we did work, what worked well, what, you know just to keep moving and keep moving in the right direction. Cause it's, a, it's every day we're getting better and finding the way to be better every day. You know? I like that. I like that. We're here with Max Griffin, fresh off his victory over Tim means this past Saturday in the UFC, Max surgeon right now, putting together some wins and, and you just brought up Max, you know, your mental performance coach, which I think is awesome. First of all, I applaud you on that, but I applaud you even more so for bringing it to the air and talking about it because I feel like, Number one, I think Boss Rutten said it years ago that fighting is 90% mental and 10% physical. All you guys and girls, I mean, athletically speaking, toughness-wise, I mean, you're at the top of the heap. You're at the upper echelon, top of the food chain. It really does come down to those little things, the mental uh, the mental shoring up, right? The, 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 the little things that make the difference in between winning and losing so often. I, I, so I am curious, how long have you been doing this and, and what sort of help has it you know, offered you having a mental performance coach like this? It's actually been pretty major. I I, yeah. I got my mental performance coach about two years ago. My first fight with my mental coach was when I fought Ramiz Brahim. I took off his ear. <laughs> uh, that was the first one, and, and really, he everyone's different. You know, everyone's everyone's different, and it really started with him was getting your core values. Like core values are like like stuff that makes you. Mine are like growth, um, authenticity, honor, like different words that mean a lot to you. It's kind of like my religion, like of who I am. And uh, once you can figure out your core values and 
I mean, that took like a month of like, shit, what is a core value? What are other people's core values? A way to find core values, you know, think of people who you admire, people you respect, and then think about people you can't stand. You know, what are their attributes? What are their, you know, what, what are their characteristics? You know, yeah. that's like the opposite of that would be like a good core value for you, you know? But really, he got me to be authentic, man. Um, he watched, he watched something like, why should I talk to you? Why, why should I believe you about working with you? I mean, I've talked to all kinds of psychologists, people. He said, I watched your fights um, in silence. And he's like, when you were smiling out there, having a good time, you were smashing on these guys. Um, but when you get all tense and stiff, you know, um, you lose any splits and just, you, you're not, you're not good as you could be, you know? I was like, you know what? When I beat up Mike Perry in Orlando, that was one of my funnest fights ever. I enjoyed beating that boy up in Orlando. But I was smiling. And, it was and so- from everybody, thank you for that. <laughs> we appreciate we that. Yeah, we appreciate that. <laughs> no, so I did that. Yeah. But, but really, for me, I need to be authentic. I mean, me authentic is this. Having fun, telling jokes, being cool. That's how I am normally. So when you get in a fight, you know, you get all serious and you're slowing yourself down. So I started training like that and putting that into like my, like, like, why am I nervous walking in the cage? Like I'm trained. I love this. This is the UFC. I'm happy. It's exciting. I'm on yeah. TV. Like, I'm about to beat this guy up and make a lot of money. This is exciting. Exciting. So I, I flipped my whole mental and dude, I've been shit five out of six. You know, like right, and and the one, and again, the one loss was a split to Neil Magny, a guy who's in the co-main event tomorrow. Been around the sport forever. And Dana and Dana and Mick gave me the money for the fight win on that. They they said they thought I won that fight. I did too. Backstage for that. So that's awesome. What is it really? We out here. (laughs) We we out here. We're here with Max Griffin. Yo, you were just talking about it in in terms of the the mental performance coach. I've never once in my life in combat sports heard someone that went down that road and and brought in a sports psychologist, a mental health coach, whatever, however you want to phrase it, right? Use that wording. I've never heard of someone who did that and then was like, yo, that sucked and it made my career worse. (laughs) Not one person has said that didn't add value to my career. You have to. I mean, like like Boss Rudin said, I mean, we're all tough. We're all good. We're yeah. all this is the computer. This is the computer for our vehicles. You know, we everyone's good. Everyone's athletic. I mean, no, you could argue that. But um, <laughs> tactically, to be able to be in these high stress situations and be when you get stressed out, fight or flight, your your brain like turns off. Like you can't make decisions if you read the read those studies you can't make decisions when when you're you're frazzled you just can't like regular day day in and day out people can't make that's where you're not supposed to make choices when you're upset like like part of your brain that makes like some suggestions and everything is off when when you're in fight or fright so we're in fight or flight like we're in these high tense situations yeah. it might not be in our way someone's trying to kill us like dude this is these are the, the most stressed situations you've ever been in but you still have to be able to mentally maneuver in these circumstances and do the right thing. It's hard to do the right thing in high stress. So imagine that. I mean, where where it's, I mean, the least I could do is work this, you know? I like it. Max, yeah, let me ask you. 
let me ask you, man, because you mentioned all this stuff and how it helped you as a fighter. But how has it helped you in your real life, in your life outside of the cage? Because it seems like you're unlocking things in your brain that you didn't know that you needed to unlock. And it could help you in your just in your personal life as well. Even more so. Um, this is me everywhere. And, that, and that's why I mean, it's it's it does it does make your whole life better. Like I only fight twice, twice, three times a year. You know, like I'm doing this. <laughs> the the rest of the time, out. the rest of the time is where the Every, wins are really made. Yeah, that's like like Muhammad Ali said, the wins are made way before you're under the lights. Um, but it's even more so my regular life. You know, it this is my life, right? All this fighting. Um, everything I do outside of here, but if you get your mind so solid, I've been reading some crazy books lately too, man. Um, Expectation Effect, major book. Um, Atomic Habits, major book. Um, these are majors that will change you, shit for you guys even. I swear to you. Read those, both of you guys. Audio Audible. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, you might as well. These books too, um, it's not pseudoscience. It's like opinions, like these are facts with studies. Like everything they say has studies behind it. You know, it's not just, oh, this is what I think. Like these are facts. Um, and the facts, I mean, the, 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 it speaks for itself. The facts speak for themselves. Um, but as, as to me, I'm trying to get better every day, all day. Um, keep learning, keep growing. And there's no limits. So, look, man, we kind of mentioned that we talked about the Neil Magny loss and how basically everybody thought you won. Obviously, Neil is fighting uh, Daniel Rodriguez this weekend, and Daniel Rodriguez had a controversial decision over Lee Zhiliang. Are you interested in the winner of that fight, or is it like, you know what, I want to target somebody that's definitely in that top 15, maybe the upper crust and around that 10 area, or do you want to get a, get a revenge fight against Neil Magny to prove that you were the better man that night? I don't like Neil Magny, man. I just can't stand him. I just can't stand him. He's one of the guys that I fought that I just, I just don't like. I you mean, I used tell to me like why, him. bro. Why don't you I like used this to dude? Like him. I used to like him. We were on the Ultimate Fighter together back in the day. Like, shit, I don't even know how long ago. But we were an Ultimate Fighter together. And I was kind of a supporter. I mean, I, I used to like Neil Magny. I'm not going to lie. The woman he fought, you know, just how he was acting. I just, he was just, I don't like him. After that fight, you know, I'm just, Salty, mad, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't like him. He knows I didn't. Dude, he held me for freaking three minutes out of the fight. Before they got pieced up the whole fight, he knows he didn't win that fight. Neil Magny, I'm coming for you. <laughs> well, damn, that's I what like I was going to say. I don't like Neil Magny. I probably won't fight, fight him again. But I will fight D-Rod. Um, me and D-Rod did talk. We talked in Phoenix. We're sitting next to each other in the UFC Phoenix. And um, we're like, shit, we probably will fight. He's like, I'm down to fight too, shit. So we talked it out. We're going to fight one day. I'm down to bang it out with him. Um, you know, he's like, you're cool, man, but we're probably going to fight. I'm like, hey, you're probably right. So, <laughs> Do you think that you think, D -Rock, you think he beats Neil this weekend? I hope, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Neil Magny, man. I'm telling you. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't. 
I have a thing against them. So hey, at least you can um, admit it. At least you can admit it. You keep circling back around to it. You're just like, I don't like Neil Magny. It's all right, man. It's all right. You, I mean, hey, when you, also, uh, who are we, Andre? Who are we to say? I mean, the man fought and lost a controversial decision to him. I wouldn't like anybody. Right. Who I lost a controversial decision to on national television. I'd be heated. I wouldn't be as nice as our man Max over here. He's like, I just don't like him. I'd be like, yo, fuck Neil Magny. Fuck his family. His entire history. I got no love for this. On here. Oh yeah. It's Serious XM, man. You can you fuck can say whatever Magny. you want. Fuck Neil Magny, yeah. <laughs> fuck Neil Magny. Yeah, I didn't know I could cuss. Yeah, they usually tell me I can't swear, so I'm real clean. Well, fuck Neil Magny. <laughs> they tell me I can't cuss either, but we all know that's not true. We can do whatever we want. We just try to limit it. You know what I mean? I try not to overuse my power. With great power, Max Griffin, comes great responsibility. You know, like Uncle Ben taught us. But no, man, listen, uh, looking forward eight days away. I know they're not in your immediate uh, sort of orbit yet, but that doesn't mean in a couple, you know, fights they won't be. Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, that's obviously a massive fight in your division going down at UFC 281. We're all excited. Are they fighting at 170? Oh, you know what? That's a good question. No, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's my bad. But, uh, but no, I mean, it's still, I mean, listen, that still could be something that is on your docket. That is still something that you could be paying attention to because again, I don't know what the legs are on that, but no, that's a good call on your behalf, but uh, it's still a massive card going up at 281. I'm just, you know, curious. What, what are you going to be watching for that? Are you going to be, you are going to be there. You're going to be in New York. Yeah. I'm psyched to go to MSG and watch that fight. Um, (laughs) Dude. Yeah. I I can't wait. I was just talking about it, but I got, I got Poirier in that man. Um, it's gonna be an awesome fight, though. I'm a big Chandler fan. I just think Poirier, man, he's been in there, man. That experience. I mean, they both have experience, but who the the guys that um Poirier has beaten? Yeah, lately, um, he's beat all the best guys. So, um, and I like his style, man. I like his little shit. I like I like Poirier, man. I like okay. I like hearing you. I like I like hearing you talk about who you like and who you don't like. And again, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised at either one of them coming up to welterweight one day. Also because of I mean, number one, the dominance that Makachev might show, uh, the way the, the 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 division works, and also they're getting older. I don't know how much longer they're going to want to be cut into that. And Poirier, obviously, we've seen him take a stab at welterweight before. So I don't know, man. I I feel like it's one of those fights that I I don't think you could not not pay attention to. You know what? i'm saying i just on the yeah. prospect of someone new coming up and giving you some new blood there at 170 yeah i want to fight all the guys you know um i want to fight all the guys i want to fight masvidal i want to fight ponzanibio i want to fight jingling nice um, jeff neal um all of them dude kobe? I want to fight everyone. I want kobe back yeah i want to run that back i know you I want, want to run that one back <laughs> I like Kobe though, but I do want to run that one back. Um, Vince Luque would be sick. Luque that would be a fun fight. fight. Luque would be sick. Um, all these guys, man. Like I'm getting better, man. Like I didn't feel any kind of danger um, in this last fight. It's a weird feeling that I have now. Um, I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's. A weird, I like it. I don't I, feel I, danger. Yeah, I like. Sense. I don't know. I, I was going to say, I like how you 
kind of have those names already online. Like you're already thinking about like Arnold Allen. He just won obviously over the weekend, albeit to, you know, unceremoniously in some ways, but they asked him who was next or what contenders you would like. And he was kind of drawing a blank. You are not drawing a blank. Like you, you, you've got these thoughts. You, I, I would take it. You've been visualizing some of these matchups over the years. I've, I've said all these names before and I'm, I'm ready. I'm even Sean Brady, all these fools, dog. I want to fight all these guys, man. I, I could beat them. I know it. I know it, man. It just, 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 just be able to formulate the plan, whoever it is. I have the team to formulate the plan or bring the guy in to whoever we need to match it up with and do our report and do the shit, the work. And then dude, all these guys, dog, Everyone I fought, I've hurt every single one. And even all those losses, all those, they're all splits that you could have go putting those my way. Like a lot of them, I don't know if it was karma for those five splits, but um, you could argue me that I won all them motherfuckers. Really, <laughs> if you look back and yeah. who got who, Tiago Alves, Millinder, all Carlos Carl, Oliveira, all these fools, dog. Neil Magny. Like, be real. Um, I could be honey <laughs> these dudes. I'm going to fight all tall dudes. I fought like four tall dudes in a row, man. Can I fight a dude my height? <laughs> What's going on here? The thoughts, the thoughts that go through a contender's mind on his way to championship, presumably glory. Max Griffin joining us on a Friday. Max, I want to thank you for bringing us some insight. Thanks for talking about your mental health and your coach as well, because I think that's a great sort of topic for future fighters and uh, even current fighters to to pay attention to. I appreciate the honesty, man. And for a first time chatting with you, we had a blast, man. Thank you. <laughs> no, you guys are solid. I have to get back on here. For sure. Um, for sure. And, yeah. Uh, when Much we get you fun. next time, when uh, we get you next time, we got to figure out if you still got beef with Neil Magny. But you know, we'll figure that out. <laughs> Something tells me he will. Something I tells so. me he will. Thank you, Max. <laughs> all right, y'all. <laughs> Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Billy Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius X. Channel 156. Five years ago to this very day, George St. Pierre makes his return to the octagon, this time in the middleweight division at 185 pounds, taking out the count Michael Bisping. And in the process, becoming a champ champ, right? Like Andreas, he never lost that welterweight championship. He just forwent that welterweight championship and then became middleweight champion a few years later upon making his return haven't seen him since he's been gone it's been another break in the middle but uh i don't know he was talking last week he gave a gave an interview where he said never say never on a possibility of a fighting return a competition a return to competition i should say we don't know what that was actually referencing he had said that his uh you know ufc contract was up he had fulfilled his obligations. Enough time has went by. He is now a free agent. Listen, we can get to the potential return of George St. Pierre here in a second. But upon hearing that audio and kind of reliving that, it is really amazing. Number one, that it happened. I don't think it gets talked about enough. I know because Bisping had one eye and he was a bit of a, a, a um, an odd 
middleweight champion. He was kind of like a placeholder. Uh, he was a product of circumstance, obviously getting that late replacement against Luke Rockhold at 199 and winning the belt. But nonetheless, uh, uh, just a fantastic moment in the history of mixed martial arts. And it really, I mean, pulled off by one of our greatest ambassadors, if not the greatest ambassador for mixed martial arts history and George St. Pierre. No, definitely. Um, the question I do have for you, Ryan, is didn't we expect that, though? Oh, I did. But there were others who didn't. I remember uh, Luke Thomas, our buddy, was in town uh, before that fight, about six months before. And maybe it was for Mayweather McGregor. I don't remember what he was in town for, but I remember we all went out to dinner and I was arguing with him because he was adamant that George did not have much of a chance. And I would I respect Luke so much. So it was a very respectful conversation. But it was just like, I don't know what you're not seeing that I'm seeing. I was utterly convinced that George St. Pierre was going to win that fight. But no, I don't think everybody thought that he was going to win. And I I don't know. I would have to look up best fight odds, but uh, I don't remember what the line closed at. But I don't think it was a a big underdog uh, in either way, either for Bisping or George St. Pierre. I don't remember who the dog was heading into that fight, but, 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 but Dre, I, I think it was, it was 50, 50. I heard a lot of people thinking Bisping was going to win. Yeah. I just thought it was an interesting fight when it was made. I thought it was a very winnable fight for GSP. And the only question question was how's he going to look with so much time away. That was it. And the move up in weight. I felt the move up in weight was not as much of a big deal as the time away from the octagon. Yeah. But that being said, still a tremendous performance, still, one of the best that's ever been in this sport, a great ambassador. I happened to be in that scrum where George St. Pierre said, never say never. And it was funny because he was beaten down verbally until he said, never say never. Cause he kept saying, no, 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 no. And it's like, well, what about, well, what about, he's like, no, no, no. And he was like, well, you know what guys never say never. It was like, fine. You want a nugget? Here you go. I don't think GSP looks like a guy who was completely fine. Never fighting again. I think when he was at the Jake Paul Anderson Silva fight, he was looking at both of those guys. It was like, I recognize why I don't want to do this anymore. I am very happy being retired. And he retired on the highest of high notes. So it just feels like for him, the chapters, I think the chapter of fighting is truly closed on his career. And he's like, man, I'm going to go do me another Marvel movie or TV show or something. I think that's of much more interest to him than fighting anybody. Well, I feel like if he could do another Marvel movie, he was obviously in Winter Soldier, Captain America and Balrog or whatever his name was at the time. Um, It was a character. I don't believe he was officially killed off. So they left the door open on a potential return for that. So, you know, maybe we would. Um, I certainly don't need to see him back. Uh, I just looked up the lines for that fight between Bisping and GSP. Uh, just just as we revisit that five years ago to the day, um, it opened with Bisping actually as a slight underdog at plus 130. By the time the fight closed, it was basically a pick 115, minus really? 115, minus 115. So was it was easy uh, money that night. Uh, it was, I'm with you, man. I thought it was a, a pretty easy, not easy fight for George, but... I just, I I didn't, it was more like you said, I didn't think the weight was going to be an issue. It was more of the time off. And I kept circling back to that, that, okay, time off is fine. He's George St. Pierre. He's a one of one. There were, and he retired early enough that I wasn't worried about the tread on his tires. I'm going to tell you this right now. Talk about tread on the tires. If he decides to come back, he can whoop some ass. And I was saying that on Wednesday with Angela Hill, and I'm going to throw this question out to the listeners. 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93. How interested would you be specifically for an MMA return for George St. Pierre? It's been five years since he last fought, November 4th, 2017. The five-year anniversary of George St. Pierre taking out Michael Bisping. 
He had a long break before then. He came back and he looked just about as good as ever. Now, obviously, when he returns, he's if he returns, he's not going to look as good because now what? Why, Christ, I don't even know what his exact age is. He's uh, 41. 41. OK, so that's obviously a bit uh, different than, you know, 36 when he came back and, and it was crazy to think he walked away at like 32. Like he was at the top of his game. One of the best ambassadors, uh, one of the best fighters in the world, one of the greatest fighters to ever live. I think RJ Clifford still calls him his goat. And I'm not going to argue with that. You have a few fighters that you can pick from. And if you choose them as your goat, I'm not going to argue. And George is certainly one of them, but I'll tell you what, man, I think George runs through the vast majority of popular welterweights in the UFC. And I do mean ones through like, you can't tell me that you think George St. Pierre couldn't dog walk Jorge Masvidal. Like, I'm sorry. I don't think Masvidal could offer much of anything to George St. Pierre, even St. Pierre at 41. What's Masvidal like 38. And like George has been doing nothing but saving his body. He's been hibernating like a little French Canadian bear, right? Smoking Marlboro Reds and drinking champagne and partying and living life stress-free, stress-free, no stress on his body. He's just been looking beautiful and doing GSP things. Although I will say still mad at the dude for co-opting the bald movement. That's the biggest heel movie ever did was showing us that he had hair like you got to earn your baldness man this is a this is not a gift this is a curse and you can't just take it and say hey i'm a bald guy and carry the flag for bald guys and then come back with a full head of hair that's bullshit george that that's a true heel move a heel move from a guy that i'm not really used to being a heel yeah yeah the heel move um <laughs> to answer your question like him coming back at like it's assumed that he would come back at welterweight i don't know man i think i think the striking in the welterweight division has evolved and it could be really interesting to see if he could still nail that double leg at 41 as he did cool. at 33. And I think against a lot of people, he could. But I think somebody like Kamaru would probably maul him. Oh, yeah, 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 easy, easy. Don't need to see Kamaru Usman thinking about someone a little closer in age and, and pedigree in terms. That's why I use Masvidal, a huge draw. If you make Masvidal and George St. Pierre, that main event's a pay-per-view. That is not even a question. That is a main event pay-per-view. You can do it for whatever reason you can stack it with future fighters you can put O'Malley on that card right you can you can I, I don't know what you would want to do but you would get over the next generation of fighters I guess the question would be is is there even a market for a George St. Pierre and have people forgotten about George St. Pierre because we know as fast as this sport moves that's that's certainly a possibility uh I think the game has moved on from GSP in terms of he's a nice guy He's not really kept his name out there. So GSP decided to come back because you got to remember there were talks saw two years ago of him boxing Oscar De La Hoya. Do you remember this? Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah, see the right. side that you let out? Yeah, Nobody well, it's more about it's more an Oscar side than a George side. But yes. Yeah, but it's like GSP, like he teased that for a high second. And we love George St. Pierre, but he's the ultimate nice guy. For So in order for him to come back, I don't know if there's a great deal of intrigue to the masses for a return, albeit boxing, kickboxing, which I don't think you would do. Wrestling, maybe? I don't know. I don't know exactly where GSP would fit in something that I would like to see. And I don't think there's a huge market for a GSP return. And I think he kind of knows that as well. As great as a fighter and as big of a star as he was, he wasn't that polarizing, controversial figure that would just draw for no reason. So uh, I don't know. I don't think there's a big appetite for him to return to a combat sport. MMA on Sirius XM is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. 
you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Plus, catch Unlocking the Cage weekdays from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern and MMA Today Tuesday to Thursday from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, Channel 156, and on the SXM app. SiriusXM Podcasts.